Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Baseball season is in full swing, and you don't want to miss a thing. It's time for Around the Horn with Kevin Bohannon. Around the Horn is brought to you by Stanley Wood, Buick, Chevy, GMC, and Scott Wood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. And now, it's time for Around the Horn. Well, Kevin, do you have your starting pitching lined up for this weekend, beginning first with the Texas Longhorns on Friday night? I do, Randy, and uh, happy Valentine's Day to all the moms, girlfriends, mothers, and grandmothers out there. Get start with that. Uh, you got to look at Hagen Smith, uh, and the, the big question is how much of a workload is he ready to take on this year? Connor Nolan was, of course, the workhorse last year. And Hagen kind of filled that second role. Two-thirds of the season, he looked good. He looked like that potential all-SEC guy. Uh, and then the last third of the season, you know, they moved him back to the bullpen, and he did finish the season with a great start against Ole Miss in the College World Series. So you got to look at Hagen being the Friday night guy right now. Uh, Will McIntyre, uh, the veteran from Brighton. One thing about Will, he's 6'4", 240, and that's one thing that may be lost on a lot of people is He's a big kid, and he's durable. He showed last year that he can, you know, come in any situation, be a jack-of-all-trades, start, finish, close, middle relief, doesn't matter. So look for him to go Saturday against TCU, and then the, the big game on Sunday, the top-10 matchup against Oklahoma State. I look for Hunter Holland, the 6'5 lefty uh, junior from San Jacinto uh, Junior College, top 100 prospect, no matter what media outlet you look at. 92-94, uh, good off-speed as well. So it uh, looks like everything's settling in for this weekend. You know, how how many freshmen get to throw this weekend is going to be the question for me and what the over-under on that is. And how do they use Brady Tiger? Is he going to throw one, two? Is he going to be middle reliever? Is he that fourth starter right now? Cody Adcox, another name. And can Zach Morris shake off a preseason slump and get against other competition and show what he did at the end of last year? Kevin, will the new rules that are being implemented in the SEC in particular, uh, those were released today. Uh, it says conference games, but I don't know if they'll, if they'll use this uh, while they're down in, in Arlington. But 30-second um, timer between the hitters shall start at the conclusion of the prior play, as indicated by the umpire's final signal of safe or out. And then there is the mound visit, 30-second timer on a mound visit shall begin when the coach exits the dugout or when the defensive player leaves their position to visit the pitcher's mound. I mean, is there going to be somebody that's going to walk around or be sitting there in a chair with a uh, stopwatch in his hand? But uh, I guess that means some coaches now are going to have to sprint uh, to get yeah, to the mound and to take advantage of their 30 seconds. And then they're – when there is a pitching change, uh, that is capped at two minutes and 30 seconds. So will these new rules, pitching rules, will these be in effect this week or weekend, I should say, down in Arlington? You know, it's it's funny because they look at all these new rules that have been instituted, and they're really not new if you've been around the game of baseball or talked to any umpire that's called a game before. So 
And just to give you background, I, I call you know how called high school and college ball, and you know when a new pitcher comes in, he gets eight pitches. Uh, between innings, we're doing five or one minute. Okay, that so there's a timer in the umpires, the home plate umpire's head of how long he needs to give. I give the the coach when he goes out to uh, visit the pitcher, he gets a minute. So I'm, I have that clock in my head and know when to go out there and get it. So now they're just gonna have the time shown on the scoreboard or you know it'll it'll give the marketing department something uh to play with during the season so they can do the jeopardy music or will of mm -hmm. fortune you know doesn't matter what it is but it's, it's something that i know some of the marketing departments around the nation are going to have fun with if you can throw a clock up there it's another chance to get a sponsorship for the baseball sure. team get a little bit more money in there so uh the, the big thing randy is the 10 run rule and Coaches have to agree on it before the game, and everybody asked, you know, and I was asked this on the podcast the other night, would you rather play two sevens on a Sunday or, you know, nine innings? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist and I like to play nine innings. You know, sometimes uh, they have to do a drop-dead seven innings because of the, you know, SEC uh, rules won't allow teams to start an inning after a certain time on Sunday. They have to get home uh, because these are student-athletes first, so – uh, I could see it. And Coach Van Horn uh, mentioned after the Swatters Club last week that, you know, we're, we're down nine or ten runs and get a chance to get some young guys some work. That's not something you want to look at and say, well, they're giving up, but that's baseball, you know. Mm -hmm. So 50 and 13 is, is, is a great record. So is 57 and 9. But the teams that had those two records didn't get to the College World Series in the in respective years. So uh, it's going to happen. So get ready for it. Get used to it. And, you know, maybe we're Arkansas is on the the good side of those ten run rules. Let's talk with uh, Savage. Savage, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. What's going on, guys? Let's yeah, talk about baseball. You know, what's Oklahoma State's lineup? They still got Rock Rizzi on their team. Absolutely, Savage. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. going to be a fun year uh, for Oklahoma State. They got Rizzio and Brown, one of the best middle infield duos in the nation. Uh, comparable to battles and more on the defensive side of the ball. They got Nolan McLean back, the closer, uh, outfielder. Uh, they don't. They lost some of the pop last year, but it still be a really good offensive lineup. Yeah, I look forward to beating them on Sunday. Absolutely. Should be so, a great uh, game. Talk about the football game. The football game, real quick at the NFL. The only yeah. thing that the halftime show did was mess up the football field. That's all well, it did. Well, it was messed up in the first half, even before yeah, that. Yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah. But they had that. They had a bunch of people because I did come back right before the half, and they were showing all these people repairing the field after the halftime. But even on Kelsey's yep. first touchdown catch, he made it, got stepped right on the edge of the end zone after the touchdown, and fell down. Mm -hmm. So it was happening in the first half too. There were some other slips in the first half. Right, and real quick on uh, basketball. Rick, what do we have to do to stay off the Bama side of the SEC bracket? I know it's a log jam in the middle. And there's a lot of stuff that's yeah. still going to happen. But well, I, I don't know how. You know, Joel Lenardi's given the credit for being the most accurate. He's got Arkansas in the regional with Purdue at this point. So I, I don't know if that would mean you had to meet them in the Final Four in the semifinals. I don't know about that, but obviously that would mean your first four games you wouldn't have to play them. Yeah, I'm just talking about the SEC tournament. Oh, oh, the yeah. SEC tournament? Don't be 8, yeah. 9, yeah. 4, that, 5. That is such a <laughs> scramble. There's a three-way tie for seventh. There's a right. There are ties for 
it's it's a mess right now. So I, I don't I don't know. I honestly haven't looked nope. at it that much. Maybe maybe Randy's looked at it closer than I have, but I don't know. I don't know who they'll play in the first round. It looks like they'll play on Thursday. If they'd have won the game Saturday, they might have avoided playing on Thursday. But now I'd say it's pretty certain they'll play on Thursday. Right. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Which means, I guess, Randy, doesn't it? If you play on Thursday, that means you're going to play somebody that played on Wednesday, right? So, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So if you're a five, you'll likely play the twelve. Yeah. So that's all right. But, Bama is number one. They're going to be number is, one. Yeah. yeah. That's what you got to expect. They're going to draw either eight or nine in the first round. That first round matchup. Eight's got to beat nine. Nine's got to beat eight. Then they get the privilege of playing number one, Alabama. Uh, same part of that bracket. I, don't you think Arkansas won't finish eight or nine? Surely. Of course, who knows? If you're nine and nine, what where does that put you? Which is yeah. what you'd project. I think there'll be now. six or seven. Is probably kind of how I saw it. Yeah. yeah. Well, if they're six, they'll take on eleven, and uh, the winner of that actually, uh, when I say the winner, then you play 11, Tennessee, right? Eleven versus uh, eleven versus fourteen. Then eleven would take on oh, take on whoever's six. third. Yeah. Yeah, and then and that then whoever's third. Yeah. yeah. So actually that's so that was if you're finished what? Seven? That's sixth. That's yeah. six. So and six twelve, so 12 six, seven, seven gets yeah. ten and then ten gets two. Okay, so six, sixth is best. That way you don't play one or two until the finals, right? Yeah, right. that's that's then why it's always good to be three. the three seed. You get the win. Yeah. <laughs> you get whoever the third seed is. Which probably could be Auburn, who knows? Uh, but that would be the number three, and then you get into the semifinals, which now you would probably play maybe Tennessee. If you're in the upper part of the bracket, four gets the winner between thirteen and five, and twelve and thirteen, so forth and so on. So, really, if you're eight or nine, that's about the only way you're going to get Alabama until you get into the. Uh, championship game uh, unless you're five where five could beat 13 and five could beat four and then yeah in the semis then you right. probably meet up with meet up with alabama right so. uh speaking of firepower kevin do you feel like the lineup is somewhat set going into this weekend for arkansas I do, Randy, and it these guys are going to hit. You know, they lost 69 home runs between the guys that left. You know, Caden Wallace, uh, Michael Turner, Robert Moore, those guys. So there was a little bit of a void left, but it's not Texas. They lost 100 home runs from their lineup. They're really flipping their lineup over, so to speak. So uh, this is going to be a lineup that I think they're going to be better at situational hitting this year. But you look at that middle of that lineup, you have Caleb Callie in the three hole, Brady Slavens in the four, uh, Jacob Wegner in the five, Jace Borfin in the six. Of course, uh, Justin Bergen, Stovall, one, two. Uh, and then seven, you're going to have Hudson Polk catching. Eight's going to be your DH, which is likely to be Kendall Diggs. And uh, the second leadoff hitter, number nine, is going to be uh, your shortstop, John Bolton, the transfer from Austin P. So it's going to be a good lineup. All right, Kevin, hang on. Another segment coming up as we go around the horn. Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue. 
You've got Drive Time Sports locked in on the Buzz Radio Network. Here is Randy Rainwater. Are we back on Drive Time Sports? Am I the only one here? Kevin, are you there? Okay, well, okay, Kevin, Randy is not back. I just got his text. I'm sorry. So we're just sitting here with okay. dead air I'm on here. the radio. There's nothing like dead air yeah. on the radio, is there? Wow. Okay. Well, oh, Kevin, my goodness. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Okay, so let's go. Yeah, I, I just now got Randy's text. I was sitting here with dead air. I said, are we on the air and everything else? And, uh... Anyway, okay, Randy says he thinks there's a caller waiting, so let me go to the caller board, and we will get him on. How about that for uh, fantastic radio moments, Kevin? You know, you... Uh, there we go. Yeah, it alive, happens sometimes, all this yeah. technology. <laughs> it does. Okay, we do have callers on the lines with Kevin Bohannon. I'm Rick Schaefer. Randy Rainwater will be back shortly, and here is Phil and Little Rock. There is not Phil and Little yep. Rock, so let's go to Steve and Magnolia. Hi, Steve. Thanks for calling. Hello, guys. Hi, Steve. Hey, Steve. Boy, that dead air, that was a good conversation <laughs> y'all were having. How long did it last? I, I picked up my headset. It I, was uh, about a minute and yeah. a half. No. Was it that Yeah, long? about a minute. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But, uh, it was a good ad lib. <laughs> well, this is this is a test. It's only a test. It was, if it had been an actual alert, we would have had you tuned to whatever you tuned to, okay? Yeah. But uh, I just saw something very interesting. I watch uh, Fox One, uh, their uh, talk shows. uh, This is a Speak Live. And they showed where Todd Munchkin is leaving Georgia and going uh, to uh, Baltimore to be the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Oh, is that right? Wow. Yep. How about but that? it said that he was the uh, Browns' offensive coordinator uh, in 2019, and before that, he was the Buccaneers' uh, offensive coordinator for uh, 2016 to 2018. Wow! Yeah, well, he's been he's been in the and it's before, real so. interesting that uh, Philadelphia has lost both its offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator yeah. to uh, head coaching jobs. Yeah. Well, they were expecting Go, that get was to the Super Bowl. Happen. It happens. Yeah, when you win, it happens. And you think about Georgia. Okay, two straight national championships. I guess you know it's kind of like Alexander the Great. What new worlds are there left to conquer? And yeah. uh, Georgia is the uh, no uh, favorite to win in that third straight national championship going into next year already. They always favor. Yeah. The, unless they just have disaster, they, they always repeat, favor the yeah. team that just won. Like the Chiefs are already the Super Bowl favorite next year. Good grief! They just won Sunday, and they're already and yeah, Georgia's the favorite. But I'm telling you, Stetson Bennett didn't get credit till probably the near the end of his last year. People finally figured out, you know, this guy's pretty good. They got to replace right. him, and even if they replace him with a five star, there's no guarantee that they're going to win like they did. No. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I was really shocked at what Matt Zimmerson said uh, when he was talking to Sully yesterday on Channel 7. And what did Matt Zimmerman say to Steve Sullivan? He said Ar- this Arkansas team could still win a national championship. Well, I guess it's yeah, possible. I guess it's possible. You can yeah. say that about a lot of teams. I don't think not it's saying it's probable. But though. the big factor is they've got <laughs> yeah. to quit turning the ball over and being so stupid with it. Well, turnovers hurt, but think about this: against Mississippi State, they had 13 turnovers. 
Mississippi State had yeah. 12. Turnovers were not the difference in that game. Uh, Arkansas was miserable from the three-point uh, Mississippi shoot State's line. defense was the difference in that game. That's, that's exactly right. There are some games where turnovers have been disastrous, but that was not one of them. But, you know, we it's uh, coming down to the end, and so we've got to go to Texas A&M and keep them off the free throw line, control the board. That's two, but the biggie is putting points in the paint. Yes, and Texas A&M. I mean, A&M, when you get, a, when you get some layups, make them. Yeah. Texas A&M's defense is very similar to Mississippi State's. What Arkansas did They're to them, in, what Arkansas did to them in Fayetteville, they really hadn't had done to them hardly a, at all that year. So, uh, but anyway, a, guys, I'll let different. you go because uh, you got other callers. All right, thank you, Steve. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Steve. So, can Arkansas duplicate that at Texas A&M? And obviously, they shot the ball well against Texas A&M when the game was played here. And that's the key. When it, Kevin, I've said this several times, so I'm beating a dead horse, I guess. But Arkansas inside the arc against Mississippi State was 17 for 30. That's 57%. Yeah. Most times, and they were 4 for 18 outside the arc, which is 22%. So most times the theory is, well, then don't shoot the threes, get the ball inside. They had a hard time getting shots inside the arc. That, that's why they took so many shots outside the arc, because of Mississippi State's defense. So. That's right. They packed in, smother them, and you know, especially with these guys that are slashers, you got three guards that are playing the most minutes in the SEC: Devo Davis, Ricky Council, and Anthony Black. So right. they they don't want they don't want the defense job is to stop that penetration, and they can stop it by letting them kick it out. They'll let them shoot the three all day long. But notice Nick Smith came back the first time he played in Little Rock or North Little Rock. Rough game, getting the rotation right. I think. Uh, this week will be a little bit different. I think you'll see these guys going a, a good run down the stretch right here. I think four and two, five and one over the last six games will be really good for them. Yeah, if they can. I mean, that's that's yeah. winning at least yeah. one road game and all of them at home. And yeah. We kind of thought that after Arkansas hey. beat Kentucky. Okay, maybe they'll yeah. win them all at home and and finish ten and eight at worst. And they didn't. So we'll see what happens. Okay, Randy, have we got you back. We do. Okay, very good. Well, I'm sure you have another question or two for Kevin while we've still got him for another two or three minutes. <laughs> uh, every year, Kevin, it seems like the lineup, getting the lineup set, and it may take games, it may take several games before you finally get a lineup that you feel kind of, uh, like last year, it seemed like Arkansas could yeah. not find a leadoff batter all the way to the degree that uh, a young man. <laughs> they didn't have one. <laughs> no, no. But yeah. um, I, I got I to believe that uh, do you put Stovall back in that one slot, that one hole leadoff no. spot? or uh-uh. Okay. Who's, who's your leadoff? Put, put, yeah, put him in the two. Yeah, put him in the two. Tavian Josephberger is going to be your leadoff guy. He's a natural leadoff guy. He's got speed. Can run the bases really well, good instincts. He's a switch hitter with really good plate discipline. So that's your prototypical leadoff hitter. And then Peyton Stovall, uh, two or three holes, usually kind of your best hitter on the team all around. Stovall fits that mold. Three is going to be a power guy that's a good RBI as well. 
And then your big bopper, the guy that's going to hit the bombs, is at number four. Five is a similar trait to three. You got Wagner there. Six is your second RBI guy, Borfin. He's due for a big season. And then the rest of your lineup, the nine hole is going to be a good on base guy, kind of your small ball guy like Zach Gregory. Uh, and then you seven and eight kind of flip back and forth. So a uh, guy that can really have good plate discipline and, and drive in some runs down there at the bottom of the lineup. The DH spot's going to be the question. Are they going to flip early on? You got McLaughlin and Diggs both on the left side. You got uh, Jason Jones probably if he's going to be healthy uh, from the right side. And then Mason Neville will get some outfield opportunities as well. Uh, if he shows he can handle the bat. He may get to slide in there, and that would slide, you know, Wagner or Borfin to a to a DH role. So uh, defense is going to dictate where the lineup is in terms of, you know, who can play the best at third base. They put Slavens over there, but the batting order itself has really settled in right now. My wild card, Jace Borfin. That is the wild card this year yep. for this. Yeah. Arkansas offense and maybe for this Arkansas team. But uh, anyway. All right, Kevin, thank you. That is Around the Horn with Thanks, guys. Kevin Bohannon. Thanks to Wood Family Dealerships. Hour number two straight ahead. At the Stanley Wood Chevrolet and Scott Wood Chrysler dealerships in Batesville, Arkansas, we know that Arkansas high school and college baseball are as good as they've ever been. 